1: 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away, so it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey, I'm Tyler. I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast.
2: What's going on, all my woods people? I'm sitting upstairs with KC. We just went live on Instagram, actually, and got many questions about the bunk beds that were in the background. <laughs> people are wanting to know if this is like the Elements headquarters and this is where we sleep every night. I
1: guess people just don't understand that we have wives. Maybe that's a problem that we should convey a little bit more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we do might have wives. Out. <laughs> <laughs> The real kind, not real the kind. beards. No. <laughs> uh, we,
2: uh, we do, we do have wives, mm-hmm. um, and kids, so. Yeah. Um, ain't too much, uh, you and me just work until the, you know, midnight hours and hopping in the bunk beds and telling stories until we fall asleep. i tell you what, after
1: about 8.30 <laughs> p.m., I ain't worth nothing, so ain't no reason for us to work that mm, late. 8.30 is late. <laughs> there, <laughs> i tell you what. I had a late lunch today, so I'm planning on going home and, uh. And, sleeping and working yeah and then having uh and then having a late supper that way i can get some stuff done yeah. so it's gonna Call work out lovers. well that's right i went home for lunch today uh, tyler and i actually uh had some pretty in- interesting stuff uh, Yeah, happened earlier today but i went home for lunch uh ate a little lunch and figured out that going home for lunch while my wife is home might not be the best thing because she wants to update me on all the things that mm. have happened in the last couple hours and uh man not much has happened last couple hours but we still need to talk about it so um it's pretty uh collaborative man let me tell you she likes to tell me things i'm glad she likes me though it's good i don't know why uh so um this morning all right this morning was pretty eventful because (laughs) what it was um I was literally sitting in my recliner in my underwear <laughs> and researching some elk tags. And Tyler texted me and says, Pig Rage. This <laughs> can only mean one thing. <laughs> that meant that he looked at the Moultrie cell cam that we have out on the back of his property. And lo and behold, it was set to instant mode. And there were pigs all over it, so that's a good way to get your boy up out of the chair <laughs> and to get in to put some clothes on, put some boots on, and head on over to Tyler's house. And uh, you're sweating by the time you got here. I was, dude. Did it. You're in a, you're in a, your own pig rage. That's pretty fun, man. We put the old spot and stalk on some pigs, and you know, uh, this is one of those things where I probably wouldn't ever use a. Uh, Trail camera like this for deer, partially because any time it's actually hunting time, I'm usually in the woods, and it's not like a situation I can put myself in. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to shooting hogs, and especially shooting a hog that you're going to eat, like, it is pretty effective to be doing some work or doing something you need to be doing, checking the camera from time to time.
2: Did you know what I heard recently? What? I heard the old meat eater crew. I hadn't listened to too many podcasts in a while, but I listened to one the other day, and they had a some live scope discussion, and it was – this is what happens when you're a dad is you don't get uh-huh. to listen to anything for more than about two minutes at a time. Uh-huh. So I got distracted and never got to finish hearing what they were talking about. They were talking about live scope and crappie, right? Yeah. I ain't saying I'm for it or against it, but I can tell you it's effective. It is effective. And when it comes to meat acquisition, I'm all about acquiring some meat in a fast way. Here's the but thing. But
1: Tyler <laughs> It's not. If you're about meat acquisition you should go, to the, you go store. to the grocery store.
2: Right. Except for if I can make myself more effective while hunting and I like to eat wild game, mm-hmm. then I can go I literally went back and could have harvested a pig quicker than I could have gone to Brookshires this morning. That's right. You know what I mean? That's pretty good grocery I shopping. I guarantee right there. you
1: if you went back there with And I don't shotgun. have a hunting license. Yeah. So How about that? Yeah, exactly. But you need a driver's license. Thanks, government. <laughs> but to get the Brookshire's. So, <laughs> which right. one? I, I mean. <laughs> That's right. I didn't think about that. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> got to have a DL to get the Brookshire's. Yeah, you do.
1: You got to have a lot of things. <laughs> you got to have a social security number to have that uh debit card you're going to use at Brookshire's. Yeah. They got tabs on you, man. It's they over. They do, man. They do. It's over, man. Only thing
2: they ain't got me is a chip yet, but it's coming. It's coming.
1: <laughs> it's coming. Uh so anyways, what we did is that we went back there with a very effective and efficient manner of uh, spot and stalk. Uh, we, we actually didn't think the picture were going to be back there mm-hmm. because they hadn't been on camera for about 20 or 30 minutes probably.
2: Yeah. You hung a, one of the Moultrie base cameras back there, which is the newest, or I guess 2022, you know, yeah. cell cam for them. And uh, it was like 812 was the last photos we
1: had. And we it were, was like 840
2: or something We're like stalking that. at
1: like 850, I 850, think. 850, yeah. I looked at my, my phone while we were walking <clears throat> back there. And uh, we get back there thinking it's not – Tyler even said it's, like, it's not looking good. And I'm like, yeah, man, that grass is pretty tall over there. And some of these pigs are small. So um, about that time, he says, there's one out there. And uh, it's like heading away from us at like 40 yards. I can't see it very good. We're trying to figure out where it is. And then I see him further up kind of where your corn pile would be in, and they kind of are up in there just raging around. And then we see, like, the long grass out there just twitching around. Like, man, there's pigs everywhere. And um, kind of make a plan. I range 52 yards. I'm like, it's kind of far shot, but I can do that. Uh, And uh, I said, all right, I'm going to shoot that back one. It's like uh, about a 100-pounder probably, maybe a little less. might have been like a 90 or 85 because we were like – Talking the whole time, this is one of the coolest parts about this, is that the whole time this whole interaction is going on, we are discussing the menu options before we take the shot. It's like, man, if we shot that one, you know, it would be it's a good eating size, you know. And Do it's a like, hole on the grill. Yeah, exactly. And there's little ones. I'm like, man, I could shoot one of those little ones, and we could just the whole thing. Oh, did. yeah. I, at one point, I was like –
2: You might try shooting that thing, like, in front of the shoulder. Yeah. Just to stone it, and that way we have, like, the most meat that we can left on it.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, um, those pigs end up working into the tall grass. All of them do. So, we work up quite a bit further. We kind of get in this little hidey hole where we're like, okay, they're going to work back out into the lane. I like the word hidey hole. It's a good one, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, They're going to work back out into into the lane there, and we'll get a shot. Well, of course, early in the morning, swirly winds. We actually had quite a bit of time. Uh, and uh, But probably five minutes transpired, and uh, then the pigs ended up smelling us. So uh, that group of pigs hauls off so fast in the woods. And they were bigger than Dude, we thought. We got to look at some of them, and there's some big, the big boar was in that group. Yeah. And he was muddy and yeah. nasty. You know, people always talk about broadhead sharpness and penetration and all this stuff. Nobody ever talks about shooting through the mud cap on a on a uh, big old boar hog dude his sticks out far it's
2: yes. been there since he's been showing up for like weeks now yeah he's nasty yeah
1: yeah can you yeah. imagine just walking around with a big old just i can't no. handle having nope. a scab on me mm. you know what i mean imagine having a big old just half inch thick thing of mud on you dude i used to
2: i used to i can't stand my hands especially having like a film of any sort on them you know yeah. like dust you know the you know how when you catch a bunch of bass, you get your thumb all kind of mm-hmm. raged up. That's the worst feeling in the world really? to me. Yeah, that I didn't like, bother me too much. I like the fact that like I'm like, yeah, it looked like That's I cool. caught a bunch of yeah. bass. But dude, it like the feeling is like fingernails on a chalkboard. Really? To me. Yeah. I don't it's know weird. why. It's weird. I don't but have that too much. I used to I did used to take Elmer's glue and put it all over my hands, let it dry and then mm-hmm. peel it off, you know. That was yeah. fun. How much of it did you eat? none that's good did you
1: no i didn't know <laughs> are you sure i knew the kids that did though <laughs> with we your friends yep, uh but they, they, uh, they still live in salt springs right. don't they that's right i do pro last week uh so um we uh <laughs> we thought the the thing was over but like here's the deal with pigs is it's never really over because a lot of times they just run to the closest cover and then just kind of take shelter and those kind of did that but we were kind of in discussion of like man We should probably just let them go. They'll be back out later today, and it'll work out. We can just come back after them, you know, as opposed to kind of getting in there and messing it up too bad. Well, while we're talking about this, we noticed that, or Tyler noticed, I think, that the long grass was still long grassing out there. Uh, so, we're <laughs> like, oh, gosh. And I was like, is it armadillo? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, we started stalking it out me, into there. It reminds
2: me of when Cody Brown <laughs> shot that pig a couple years ago on that hunt. Yeah. You go, Cody shot armadillo. armadilla.
1: <laughs>
2: right. He said it like Brandon says it. That's armadillo.
1: What, armadillo. Uh, so, um, <laughs> we start stalking out into the long grass. And we think we're stalking this pig and then we decide it's a mud clod and then we start stalking a different little pig and the mud clod <laughs> starts moving so then it's not a mud clod anymore and it is a little pig and it ends up there's like six or seven 10 to 18 pounders running around and I pick out the biggest one it was a, a brown kind of colored um, piggy and uh, mud clod colored yeah mud clod colored for sure (laughs) and i'm ranging big old grass clumps and i got a a range at 18 yards and so i was like okay that pig's gonna be a little farther than that whenever i get a shot at him and it was actually pretty fun and um slightly challenging because we had the wind on these pigs for sure uh they were not gonna smell us so it's like let's just sit here and wait and kind of play whack-a-mole almost on these little piggies well i think i'm about to get a shot i've come to full draw on this pig and then uh, he turns and goes back, kind of in some thicker stuff. Like, golly. And the whole time, I'm like, man, thing's kind of small. It's going to be kind of hard to hit, yep. even at 20 yards. <laughs> and the pig walks out a little further and uh, does give me a pretty good shot. Uh, and I, I'm at full draw. Tyler, I know Tyler's on him. Uh, so I'm like, all right, it's a little far. So I aimed a little high on the pig's body. Now, given this pig is like the size of a rugby ball. All right, it's bigger than football, <laughs> but uh, not much bigger. What's a more American thing to say that it's the size of? Um, mm. Like the size of a a grocery store watermelon. Kind of like that, but longer, of course, you know. So a very large butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> so many descriptors right. here. So um, it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to aim like high shoulder, Worst case scenario, I hit it high shoulder and it goes down because it's a tiny pig and I'm shooting a mechanical. I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, your first shot. First shot was mechanical. Well, I shoot and I end up shooting higher than I thought. And we looked at the footage and I may either have had some torque on the bow because it was just, you know, well into the stalk or my bow might be a little bit out of tune. I don't know for sure. Uh, But my arrow came out, knocked down a little bit. And um, the, uh, it ends up, like, skipping off the top of its back. I don't even know if any hair was cut on that area, to the truth of the matter. It doesn't really look like it too much. But
2: I looked when he, when he got out of there, I looked at the slow motion clip, and yeah. I didn't see any blood on him at yeah. all.
1: I don't think it got him too <clears throat> much. Well, then, that one's real mad because the arrow slapped him. So he's, like, coming at us. And I'm, like, trying to do a tactical reload. <laughs> I'm pulling the arrow out, and uh, he gets by. Little pigs can run pretty fast. Uh, especially when they're that big. If they're like five or eight pounders, you can catch them. But mm-hmm. those guys like that, they can run like the wind. <laughs> and um, this one takes off into the woods. And then his little little buddy, who is a black pig, yeah, and um, he's coming along as well. And I've got my air loaded for this one. And I'm thinking he's about to stop, and I'm about to get a shot Dude, right in front of me. He's coming right at us, man. Right at us. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm about to get him. And then he veers off to the right. And I went full fledged bow fishing mode at that point in time. I just swing around. I ain't got a. I ain't got my peep lined up. I ain't looking at the side or nothing. I'm just just How instinctive. How close is he at this point, dude? He is. I mean, we're talking about a foot measurement type thing, not a yards. I mean, he's three and a half foot away, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, uh, I shot him with a cutthroat too. Um, and uh, and this is real good because. Uh, through all this i shoot four arrows okay i'll tell you about the other two in a second and not one time did i have to look down at my d loop because i'm sh- shooting a hook style release the cobra makes this i think it's called a moment is the release i'm using and uh it's like it's just so intuitive you don't have to look at your d loop you just put your thumb on your string find it and it's right in there ready to go it's a pretty pretty slick little deal uh and you know, pretty reliable in this situation, but uh, especially when I camp my bow to the side to shoot it, you know, it's not going to make it do something weird, you know, with that hook. But I, uh, I go like a big old rolling gar on my right, and I just whack and pull the trigger, and that pig was two inches from being lights out. <laughs> I end up skinning the top of his nose, um, and uh, I'm telling you, if that. 150 grain cutthroat would have hit that pig in the head. Think about this, Smoke City. It's a single bevel broadhead into the skull of something. So what is single bevel supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, that could have been wild, but yeah. it didn't happen. We were so close, man. It almost <laughs> happened, and then we were like, "Oh man, like, oh they got man, away. it's over." And then I think Tyler said, "Look, there's more out there." Yeah, they're all bunched up like yeah. they do. Yeah, they all got in a big old wad, and we're like, "Oh man, I'm about to get a shot on one of these." Well, uh, they're little. And they're like 20, 22, 23 yards away, and I'd already missed one at that range. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to, like, see what they do or whatever. Well, then they just take off running. Crap. So, (laughs) But then the tall grass explodes, and out comes a big pig. And I said, there's a mama. (laughs) (laughs) So I load up with Sever this time, and that pig takes off running. At probably like 25 yards, and I'm like, and I've done a lot of pig shooting on the run, but not with a bow. I've done it with a gun. And normally, if you're shooting a 223, a pig on the run at like a decent range, like within 100 yards, uh, you aim at like the nose of the pig and you'll hit it behind the shoulder. Well, this pig wasn't on the run like blistering fast, so I kind of did the same thing at 20 yards. And what ended up happening is, is I hit that pig through. I, you know, I kind of. I, I this time I looked at my, my peep and everything. Right, it's a good shot. Got Tyler nailed it on the footage on this stuff. By the way, it's gonna be pretty sweet. On I'm surprised. YouTube. I don't feel like I was looking at the camera for half that time. <laughs> you know, baby. you can just get good sooner or later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I think you're there. Uh, <laughs> you just put that thing on 120 and just be there. You know, but uh, I. Uh, I end up hitting this hog, I'm like, Oh, this is gonna smoke, it's gonna smoke and then right at the last second, it's like Whoop the pig's in front of the arrow and I end up hitting this pig through both rear hip bones. It's that's your hip bone, right? Like this this thing right here. I don't know. Is uh it's the big bone in your back leg. The thing that goes into your hip socket. Should be your hip. Bone. I don't like to think of it as mine because it was the pigs. Because that kind of creeps me out. Yeah. But let me tell you something. You hit a pig there with a vector hammer, uh, six hundred grains. It's going to break both of those back legs. That was pretty impressive. It was. Uh, and right then, that pig just locked it up. It just. It was done. That and uh, didn't get a pass through. Actually, I did get a pass through there was blood on the opposite side where right. it poked through yep. the hammer busted through both of those back leg bones and poked through, but it, the air was still in the pig and that just locked the pig up. And I've seen them do this before. A lot of times whenever you hit them and, uh, they'll just like kind of give up. Like they're like, what just happened? So I'll run up there. Cause I know it's not like fatal, at least instant. Um, in hindsight, I probably hit uh femur is what that is. femoral artery, the femur. So hip bone, mm-hmm. uh, so, um, I probably hit femoral because there's a lot of blood in that spot. And, uh, that pig would have died pretty quickly. But I ran up there and got another hammer out. And this time this had an afflictor. Where are you getting all these hammers from, by the way? Cause dude, I feel like you shot so many arrows I this morning, dude. Uh, this is my fourth one. Uh, <laughs> and I had the fifth one out. <laughs> I did. And that's my whole quiver in case you didn't know. But, um, I had that, uh a flictor and I was like, all right, I'm just going to put a second one in this pig to finish it off. And it's just going to crumple right here. And it's going to be awesome. And, I pull up and I can't really see the pig real great because it's in the grass kind of, and it's black pig. And it's crazy how well black things can blend in, you know, yeah. like, last
2: year you shot a pig that was facing 180 <laughs>
1: degrees different than what you thought it was. <laughs> That's exactly true, man. <laughs> it's like, there's something to it. It's yeah. like, uh, you know how, uh, tigers stand out real bad On a, like, uh, you know Concrete landscape of the zoo mm-hmm. But you put that thing out in the woods, man Blends in real good Same thing with the black pig Shadows and stuff Contrast It's real bright out there That contrast is, uh I need to stop telling stories so long getting No, getting tired no, dude. Of me <laughs> I
2: just had to sit up Um,
1: but, uh so, this pig's, like, up in the brush. I'm like, all right, I think that's behind the front shoulder. Whack! I hit it real good, but the pig takes off running. I'm like, I know <laughs> that that pig was broken down. What's going on? And then I watch the pig take off, and I can tell it's bleeding pretty good. Um, but it's, like, going sideways because its back end is not functioning properly. Mm. And uh, oh, man. we're, like, kind of freaking out. And I'm like, oh, man, we've got to go track that one or whatever. And then... I heard it but didn't really note it very much just because pigs crash around. But you said, like, I think it might have crashed right out there in the woods. So uh, we kind of, like, gather our thoughts – I put my fifth and final error back back in the quiver, <laughs> and uh,
2: it's Robin Hood. It's it, over the shoulder. That's
1: it. Well, I had the old uh, expensive broadhead on that last one, and I was like, "Man, I want to lose this one." So I'm probably just going to not fling an arrow. Uh, I thought about flinging it one, it whenever. I mean, if we're still moving, I'm probably going to be trying to fling. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so. Um, It's good practice for like elk woods and stuff, dude. That's right. I like to fling arrows. Yeah, it's (laughs) fun, dude. (laughs) It is cool. Uh, It's the first time I got to shoot four arrows in one sitting, or in quite a while. (laughs) Um, But, um, anyways, that pig ran off in there and crashed while we were kind of gathering our thoughts or whatever. We start trying to pick up arrows and and finding uh, two of the four. One of them was in said pig, and we get up in the woods. And we're, like, excited because it's right there. Blood trail was great, of course, you know. Uh, and uh, that arrow was still stuck in that pig. The pig hit a whole bunch of stuff and never never broke that hammer, which is a pretty good testament to how tough they are. I have broken a few this year, but, you know, when a 250-pound deer lands sideways on the air, it's pretty hard to not break. <laughs> but uh, this pig we walk up on in, in the woods, we're like, oh, dude, all right, like, we got some pig meat. This is awesome. And um, we uh, start kind of playing in the uh, processing and stuff. And then, literally, we've been around this pig. I think I went to truck and got the truck and came back. The buck truck became the pig truck today. Yep. Um, got back and then went to drag the pig off, and I said, this is a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. It's just the, the social situation of what was going on there with little piggies and another single It's just that's always going to be a Mm sow. Didn't think twice about it not being, and then pretty much went to drag it off and found um, evidence of said sexuality of pigs. So, you know, like it's. uh, Well, you are assuming. I'm sorry, I assumed the gender, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was a fun pig morning. Now we've got it uh, quartered and cleaned up a little bit on ice, going to do a brine and probably smoke a bunch of that. Mm. And that way we might have some pulled pork sandwiches when everybody, uh, comes down for our spring fling. We're going to do some more air flinging at pigs here pretty soon. We've got are. two new, well, really kind of three, but two that are going to be probably introduced that week, uh, that are guys that are going to come down and help us out this season. And that we're pretty excited about that. So y'all know, Eric, mm-hmm. uh, E Gentry, uh he is going to be running camera full-time for us this fall like he was last fall but in a little bit different situation he's gonna be kind of head of production helping out with that stuff and then we're gonna have two interns uh michael and greg uh that are gonna be we call him meg meg hey meg <laughs> uh yeah that will be good or er, gackle meg y'all um- <laughs> come here <laughs> Uh, yeah that'd be good but we're gonna be doing that in a couple (laughs) weeks um so anyways uh we're gonna probably do some smoking on this meat and have some pig to eat um you have recently (laughs) learned a little bit about pig cooking yourself i think right Yeah. yeah What yep. I, I just you? I need
2: to stop. Gosh, what? I'm an idiot, dude. <laughs> the things that go through my mind, man, are so dumb. Remember how we talked about this in Oklahoma at yeah. the end of the year? Did was, you
1: like, Did you go just make pig cooking? Yep. Cooking? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I got to stop, uh-huh. dude. It's too much. Like at you know some what, point, dude. Here's the deal, man. <laughs> some people laugh about just dirty bad jokes. Yep. You know what? And we laugh about combining two words together. So not to make you feel good about yourself, right? Because we are all depraved humans, but like, you can, I hate to say it, but it could be worse, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true, man.
2: I'm actually getting hot with all this laughing, so I'm going to turn, that, turn that thing down dude. let Let's chill some meat up here. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, talking cooking. About you cooking some cooking, pig meat. Uh, so <laughs> that's what we are talking about. Um, Yeah, I cooked a – so I was telling KC this morning, I was like, I cooked a backstrap. Last time I cooked a pig backstrap was like several years ago. It's kind of embarrassing to think about, but I hadn't shot a ton of pigs or whatever in the last few years. But um, so I did it in the crock pot, and I did like – I was going to do it like in the crock pot with cream cheese and stuff like that. And it turned into a shriveled piece of jerky, basically. Mm. I mean, it was just dry. About like that Velociraptor's tail right there. <laughs> and uh I uh, I was you know, really disappointed in it. And uh so recently I shot a pig and y'all saw the video. If you haven't, go check it out. It's uh, called something, shooting pigs in Texas in slow motion or something like that. And uh it's a pretty cool video. I shot two pigs at forty. Um and uh I took a back strap that night and I did I did a brine, because Casey mentioned I should probably do that, and I thought it was a good idea. So I did that, and then a few hours later, I dried it off and put a bunch of steak seasoning, a bunch of steak seasoning on it, and uh, salt and pepper. And did it over charcoal on my grill, my new grill, my new old hand-me-down that my dad gave me. And it was one of the best things a wild game I had, dude, that I cooked, at least. It was really good, so... Now, I'm fired up and ready to do some... What did you say earlier about brines?
1: Brines? <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's a lot of brines in our lives.
1: The brines that you use on uh, on hogs. <laughs> uh, they can't mess them up? You, you ain't never known a brine to do something bad to oh, a piece of meat. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, I like them on chicken. I like them on hogs. I like them on
1: everything. You got to watch out, though, because here while we'll back I You did try to marinate some chicken in a citrus marinade and left it too long and the chicken turned into goo. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, dude. It that was makes weird. me disgusted. It was weird, man. It didn't it didn't turn into ceviche? No. It like <laughs> turned into literally goo. was like falling apart. And that it's is like, why you, know, you don't eat processed chicken. You know when you
2: cook meat. chicken like say you put it on uh a skillet. hmm You know like when the juice comes out it turns into like gooey white stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what the citrus, it was just cooking it
1: barely enough. That's it. That's exactly what happened. The citrus cooked it. Yep. Yep. It's nasty, dude.
0: (laughs) nasty. (laughs) Until it's
1: ceviche, and it's good. Mm -mm. Um, So, uh, we've been doing a lot of cooking here lately, and uh, I think that... We might do a little bit more video stuff about some stuff like that. I'm hoping. Teach some of y'all uncivilized folks how to maybe do a little culinary stuff. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Don't quit going to Taco Bell <laughs> like we do <laughs> <That's right. laughs> all fall. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about that, actually. We need to do a better job of eating better in the fall. Um now, given a good hot fast food meal is pretty nice sometimes. Can somebody's
2: girlfriend like come cook for us on the road for free? Yeah, for real. That would be great. Be terrific. Like, like, like not uh, not like some random person's girlfriend, but somebody, somebody in the that group. we know. Yeah, yeah. somebody that we know who
1: might be really good at cooking street corn. Can they come cook for us? Yeah, um, for real. That would be real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so that's what's been happening lately. Yep. Upcoming here, we are going to be headed to the old 10IC, right mm-hmm we are yeah Yep. we're gonna be uh going to the nwtf mm-hmm. and uh
2: convention there in nashville tennessee which i've been to that place several times
1: cool city are you gonna um, bring your guitar just in case no like what if you could just walk in and just all of a sudden like people are like man it's man you know what would happen? <laughs> what
2: i would walk in and people would be like get out of here <laughs> No, so nah, dude. There's also a lot of guitars around there that I could, if I needed one. Yeah, you can pop out yeah, one. Pop one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to be there. Uh, actually, um, you know, Chad Rice from Cruiser, he invited us, which is it's the first time he's ever invited us to do anything. But uh, <laughs> he invited us to come work his booth for free. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that for him. Uh, and hang out at Chad's uh, booth a lot, so not all the time. But uh, did we we set Friday, a time. At, 1:30. Friday at
1: one thirty? We're going to be there Friday at one thirty for sure. Yeah. So if you're around the area and you want to come meet up with us and hang out and talk about. Turkeys for like three minutes and talk about white tail for 30. Yeah. Uh, you come to the booth and, yep. and we'll be talking about that stuff. Come by swing by, as you say, in a saddle, you'll be swinging a little yeah. bit, yeah. Or, uh, if you got a big old beard, you can be or, swinging, or if you wear pineapple shirts, that'll <laughs> <laughs> yes, so good. Uh, which it happens to be what you did at PTA, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there will be uh, some cool stuff at the cruiser booth. You can come by and check out all the different saddles. I mean, Tyler and I run the XC uh just because it's simple and it works real good for us but uh chad actually has a couple other options you can check out as well thank old hunter h2h h2h <laughs> h actually runs the archon doesn't he? he does he does i haven't been in an archon since about last april i think or something so i kind of forgot what it's all about yeah that's right yeah hunting turkeys from a <laughs> so.
2: you're hunting, you're swinging for swingers that's
1: right but uh yeah snoot swinging uh so, <laughs> that's what when if we shoot turkey this year we're gonna call that video that swinging snoots um that'd be pretty cool actually don't Dude, y'all we take shoot it. turkeys and pigs and call it snooters just straight oh, up snooting around <laughs> <laughs> i love it man so um with that i think we're gonna do some turkey hunting with chad this year maybe yeah um We've been talking about it. Tennessee has a pretty liberal bag limit, I think, right? Kind of like Texas, where you can actually go kill some birds. Because here's the deal, y'all. I would absolutely love to go to South Dakota and go turkey hunting. Love it. I love that place. But it's one, you're allowed one turkey unless you run them over. If you run them over, you can get as many salvage tags as you want. Can I run them over with a shotgun? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, if you're going to shoot them with a, with a weapon, you only are allowed one turkey. Uh, unless you draw or do something, I don't really understand it, but like, I just can't travel real far for one bird, man. No. It's just not super worth it to me. So, uh, especially when like you can go to Arkansas or <coughs> Tennessee or Texas and shoot a bunch. So Missouri, Missouri, can you shoot a bunch of Missouri? I think there's a lot of turkeys there. I don't know if you can shoot a bunch, but yeah. there's a
2: lot of turkeys there. So one thing that we, uh, you can do up there is shoot a turkey in the morning and smallmouth fish in the evening. Hey, Missouri. And well, you can't hunt turkeys until after like or after like noon or whatever.
1: That's right. So yeah,
2: outlaws, but I mean, there's Missouri fishing there, and there's some Missouri fishing to be done in uh, Tennessee as well.
1: <laughs> the Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Some (laughs) smallmouth fishing, that too, (laughs) yeah. And then uh, there's the Holston River over there. So we've been talking to to some utter bututters, other buddies, utter butters. It's like a
2: bloody nutty, but Listen it's a guys, butter. <laughs> I'm going to let
1: y'all in on a little side of things that just happened. We had an SD car run out. Yes, sir. And uh, we had to go get a new one. Oh, oh thank you And y'all. now the the jive is gone. <laughs> y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. My, <laughs> even know. my pronunciations are about to get bad, but... Um, it's hot. It is hot, dude. Why is, is the it air not cooling off, dude? The buck truck's air conditioner's in bad shape right now, too. We're going to have to get a new AC thing done or something on that. It might... Hopefully you can just fill it up with new Freon. I don't really know how that works. But
2: Man, I don't either. Don't ask me any of those kind
1: of questions. I know some stuff about house air conditioners, but not truck ones. The
2: light turned blue as opposed to green. it feels seems cooler. Like a cooler
1: thing for <laughs> That's to have. That's right. I think it was on fan. When it's on green it's just pumping uh pollen in here. Oh I think. good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was itching earlier. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yep. Um Thinking but we're probably gonna do here's the deal. Uh mm-hmm. it's like this, y'all. Uh, <laughs> There's like so this. uh I'll let y'all in a little bit of business side of what we do. We're, we're blessed and thankful for the opportunity to uh, be doing the element mm-hmm. and living in our element, yep. and all that. And part of that, and what we've really founded this thing on way back in in 1979, is that um, <laughs> it ain't just whitetail hunting. Yeah. What we do, we do about near everything there is in the outdoor space. Um, we ain't just living in our buck bedding. That's right, living in Ballons our elements and all that stuff. But we. Uh, <laughs> Like, straight up, I will be a non-consumptive user from time to time and just go hiking. Mm-hmm. You know? I like that.
2: Especially before elk season. You don't that's consume right. much at all.
1: No. That's right. <laughs> my, I'm being consumed um, by, my, by my fiery passion to kill a bull. Uh, but, um... So, uh... We probably are going to cool it on the whitetail stuff a little bit because right now it seems like y'all are pretty checked out of whitetail stuff from what I hear. So uh, we we might be doing a lot more fishing stuff and some cooking and stuff like that on the channel. And, of course, maybe a little turkey hunting as well. But uh, we uh, want to do do some fishing. And I think y'all like fishing too. So we're going to do some of that stuff. But
2: you can can send us a message on any platform you can reach us through and let us know if you have a preference as to what you would like to see because we... We want to give you all the opportunity to have a voice, to produce some element content. And uh, if we're going to put stuff on the YouTube channel, like I want you guys to enjoy it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I can do this stuff, you know, that I like, kitchen two- and three-inch cutthroat in my own spare time if I want That's to, right. you know. So
1: That's right. I like to plant <laughs> onions in my garden, but y'all don't want to watch me do that because it takes way too long. So One at a time? or One at a time. Actually, I, what I do is one, two, three, f- sometimes it's one, two, three, or one, two, three, four twice, and then I grab six or eight onions and stick them in the holes, and mm. then I pinch them all in there. That's right. Dang. You already got bored. Turned in into that- a crab. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you already got bored. You didn't even watch no video. You I got glazed bored. over it by the time you were done talking about <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> uh, onions are, are not the showstopper. that tomatoes are. Right. So it's just, it ain't, ain't quite the same. By
2: the way, on that phone call earlier, I glazed over a couple times, man. <laughs> I noticed I in the was,
1: beginning you were getting sleepy, dude. I was struggling, dude. <laughs> yeah, we had a phone call. It was a good phone call earlier. It was, uh, man. About some, some archery stuff that hopefully we'll get to let y'all in on soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um if you have some thoughts or some cool videos you've watched in the past about fishing you'd like to see some more stuff or whatever let us know that stuff because <clears throat> tyler and i aren't really that cool Mm-mm. so we don't like to do cool stuff sometimes <clears throat> like catch he said three inch native cutthroat trout so um sometimes y'all like to see us catch big sharks and stuff like that and i just haven't <clears throat> done that on video in a long time uh or ever on video actually. yeah actually i was gonna ask um, because that, that would have been cool. Yeah. Dad it, dude. The, my biggest shark of my life was a seven-foot, one-inch bull shark caught by myself <clears throat> on the head of a jack that I'd caught out of the kayak that the tail end portion was eaten by a bull shark underneath my kayak. Mm. Epic story, right? None yeah. of this is on video. My mom and dad <clears throat> had already kayaked across the channel and took my phone with them for some reason, mm. so then I couldn't record anything or do anything. just had to let the shark swim free.
2: Hang on, it's just a memory in your
1: mind that's it dude Look, I thankfully <laughs> i uh i took <clears throat> a section of the leader and stretched it out and then marked the spot from like the head to toe and had got a length measurement off of it that that's
2: way cool. yeah i used to when i used to fish uh there was a time when jet was young and i was working at the lodge with my dad where i would like fish for like 30 minutes on the way home every day mm-hmm. you know i'd just like go to go to a bridge walk down the bridge and cast like a big old swim bait try to catch something giant you know and i would like i would have my dad's number like ready to like punch send you know what i mean like yeah. that way if i was, had a huge fish like in my grip holding them in the water i could get with my other hand one-handed and just tap my dad's number because he wouldn't know where to get me you know come pick me up
1: did you uh ever catch a big <laughs> fish that way
2: uh i caught about a seven pounder doing that that's about it
1: I put a fish on the store the other day. Did you see that yep. fish? That fish was a five-pounder, but when he ate, I thought that thing was a giant. He
2: looked bigger it's, than it's a chunk. 5 Yeah.
1: I have long arms for my size, so, you know. Yeah. But, no, that, I didn't really long-arm <coughs> him too bad. It was just a big, real healthy, chunky fish um, out of a lake that none of y'all would ever think I would have fished, um, but it was a cool spot. I won't tell you where it is. Just avoid highlighting. Well, I'll tell you the <coughs> area of the country. It's in central Texas. Um but uh, the fish ate a fluke on so a, I caught that fish on on a fluke. spinning rod. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I used to... I like chucking spinning rods at, at with flukes especially because it's kind of a lightweight bait, mm-hmm. so you need to flip it out there some. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. But anyways. Um, another thing we got going on right now, <clears throat> I don't know where the
2: other one went, but uh, we got new merch that, that was, was the uh, one
1: i stole for myself and i think it took it downstairs oh good yeah
2: um yeah so we got new merch we actually told you guys about this or might have said it a couple times but it was all pre-order stuff and now we've got the shirts in sell them in 15 seconds
1: you just need to buy it to figure out what it is <laughs>
2: that's what pelosi said right <laughs> So right. yeah so Gotta pass no, <laughs> in it. that's
1: right um they are Make Mechanicals Great Again. It's a pretty sweet shirt. A little tri- trivia for you. Uh, this is the first shirt we've ever hired to the graphic design done by somebody else, Tyler Which means it's cool. <laughs> That's right. It's way cooler than we can design, and it does look cool. It's red, white, and blue. Get all kinds of patriotic on this thing with a cool big old three-blade mechanical broadhead. Let me tell you, I'm going to wear this thing proudly. Even though I'm a guy who likes to wear to use uh, fixed-blade broadheads pretty often, I think it's just kind of funny to be slightly controversial because everybody likes to poo-poo on some Fixed blades on, yep. uh, or I'm sorry, on mechanicals on Facebook. So we'll yep. uh, be loud and proud in this thing. That's it. Counterculture man. That's it. That's what that's what people like, man. Yeah. People
2: like that's why Nirvana was so big. Is it? Yep. Um. So last couple of days we've been doing some property stuff, man. This yeah. is not what we're known for, but no, it's because we've never had properties in the last right. couple of years. That's
1: right, and we're not very good at it, to tell you the truth of the nope. matter, because last year we tried to do some property stuff, and it about near failed miser- miserably. So um, I thought that I was going to be able to plant screening by doing my own thing, and it didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't know what we're going to do on that. I have some thoughts. Yeah. We've been debating.
2: Screening is expensive It is long expensive. Term.
1: Y'all know us. We ain't big on non-native stuff. But this Miscanthus mm. grass, looks like it's the answer. So Miscanthus let me, t- let me, let me ask answers. you a question. Is a T-post native? No. But you use them to keep the cows in along yeah. with the barbed wire. So there's a a spot for non-native things on the landscape as long as they Are you trying to
2: be Tom Rosenbauer right now? Because I listened to that (laughs) podcast the other day. Did he say something about this stuff? Oh, he had had a guy on that they were talking about anti-non-native stuff. Really? Or not anti-native. Anti-native. It wasn't really anti-native, but it was like, uh, you know, on that, this this is the Orvis podcast for those Mm -hmm. who don't know. Uh, They were talking about uh, how non-natives aren't as bad as people make them out to be. Yes. So uh
1: I don't want to go and just plant a whole bunch of uh autumn olive on my property, <coughs> even though I don't know what that is. People don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never seen an autumn autumn olive in my life. Uh I have seen some uh what's some silver olives called? Russian olives. Russian olives. Yeah. Those are cool trees. Apparently they're not <coughs> native, but yeah. they're pretty. They are. Um probably why they're here. Uh, but I do think that if you planted a uh, haploid uh miscanthus grass that cannot reproduce there's a good chance it's not going to reproduce i'm holding a dinosaur in my hand, so so jurassic park has told us otherwise (laughs) but uh, so
2: haploid being non-reproductive correct yeah
1: it's like a like a mule where it's a it's a hybrid of something and the difference in that in a triploid well maybe that is what i don't remember i remember that it's been 10 plus years you remember it was like
2: a maybe like 10 years ago or so maybe more than that there was like this big world record rainbow trout uh scare that was hat not scare but like they were scaring the world record with rainbow trout out of like arkansas and stuff like that and mm-hmm. they were like catching like 40 pounders or whatever they were yeah. giants and they were triploids is what they yeah. were so there's
1: triploid bass triploid uh i thought they were haploid though there's diploid which is productive reproductive i think is a diploid mm. <laughs> um Somebody with a biology degree, if you're listening, let us know what this really means. But uh, I think that haploid and triploid both are non-viable reproductive offspring. I think diploid is
2: what our uh, armed forces are about to be.
1: <laughs> Not good. No. <laughs> Not good. Uh, so, uh, any anywho, uh, it would be good to have a, a non-native that works really, really good for screening that doesn't cause any problems like there's a difference in a non-native and a non-native invasive yeah wild hogs are non-native invasives right there's also a difference in a native invasive and a native right so let me think about this grasshopper There, there are yeah there are examples right so like a yellow grasshopper around here is a native critter but some summers they will eat the screens off your windows on your house not good, right? Mm-hmm. It's not really... The invasive isn't really the way to look at that. But, like, say, for instance, a willow. Uh, a willow. You know? Like a regular old... I don't know what the type of willows that we have on pool dams are. Right? They look like a weeping willow, but they don't weep. They don't weep, yeah. Just a regular old willow tree. It's not a red willow, um, but... They're kind of the same leaf, though. Yes. And uh, those can be highly invasive in the wrong situation. Um, you think about... Um, Groundsel, which we really like Groundzel can be highly invasive and it's native mm-hmm. you know it's just uh one of those things where you just don't need really invasives of the problem mm-hmm. native or non-native it doesn't matter so all the way back to habitat stuff <laughs> <laughs> hold on the other day when
2: we were with brian we were talking about non-native invasives what was it it was hilarious <laughs>
1: oh i don't remember we were it's about when we we're about to put out that uh last camera wasn't it when we got the big deer
2: yeah i think it was somewhere what we're we talking
1: there? about oh it was uh it was like the <laughs> we're talking about the sugar sand and how it's <laughs> <non-native right>. invasive <laughs> <laughs> we
2: we came up on this place that had a bunch of just white sand and like you know here in, in you know interior u.s <laughs> and uh we, we were we were like man you know this stuff is Kind of overtaking this area Ain't nothing growing mm-hmm. And like at the same time Me and KC both said Non-native invasive That's right dude Y'all don't probably think are That's we very clicking? funny but That's
1: okay <clears throat> They don't have to think Everything we do is funny Just nope. some of it I do I <laughs> know <laughs> that's right It's alright just to be who you are You know yeah, what I'm saying Yeah so uh, Anyway that
2: is You've been talking about The Gigantus Muscancis And it is uh, Potential um, That it's, There's potentially Some uh, screening uh applications that we're going to use that on yeah
1: and then some loblolly pines we transplanted some of those from my house to your house they're day. (laughs) (laughs) pigs ate them uh but uh that makes really good screening we actually went and did we haven't talked about this at all but we went and did a property consultation for a guy who's now a friend of ours uh Mm -hmm. mark stone really cool guy um but um so, that guys, that's not something we really advertise doing or whatever, but it's something you are interested in. It's we're, something we're open to because we can all learn from each other, and uh, it's fun. But anyways, I noticed that Mark used pines as screening, and he, he chopped the tops of them off at the height he wants, and every year he just goes back in and prunes them, and it works pretty good. I was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of cool. I have to do a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. It'd actually be real neat if you could, like, build you a little pine circle and then put your tripod inside that pine circle, and then lop them all off about shoulder height. Mm-hmm. They impenetrable.
2: The ones behind you keep high.
1: Yeah, buddy. Yeah,
2: that'd be cool. That'd be sick. That's uh, that's what I've liked in the past hunting. You know, wherever West Texas, whatever, getting them cedars, man. In mm-hmm. <clears throat> a tripod, you could do. A jumping jack, handstand, <laughs> Dude, whatever you want. Until you see the
1: fever kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> then you get cedar
2: fever and you can't see straight
1: through your eyes. That's right. Uh, what are you going to do on your property, uh, habitat-wise? Uh, well, so we well, did... habitat might be the wrong thing to say because we got the habitat.
2: Yeah. I mean, my habitat is, is growing better and better for sure. Um, I've done a couple of things so far this year. <clears throat> I've got uh, probably 85% pasture land and 15 woods and in the woods i've been trying to take some of these cedars out to get um because uh, it's a lot of cedars and i'm trying to get uh sunlight to hit the ground in there it needs a burn bad but here's the thing is the cedars are so thick and the elms and all of it in there is so thick um that like i don't those cedars don't even fall when i cut them sometimes mm-hmm. and so like I, they're just there's a lot of them that are stuck in there and i need to bring some out make some brush piles and stuff like that i feel like but I mean, like I said, they're they are so thick in there that um, I'm having to leave them and just let them skeletonize, basically. Um, and I mean, they're doing some cool stuff. Like I've lo- I went in recently and looked at the ones I did last year, and it definitely worked to an extent. The one thing that's an issue with that is that I, I I'm I don't want to cut off the deer from where they want to go, and that's kind of hard to do because them things will go whichever direction they want mm-hmm. sometimes, and I'm. Um, I mean, cause I'm not going in there, you know, like I'm trying to make them fall one way, but if they don't, then I'm not too worried about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not going to go and like, see that it's not going to fall my way and go hook a line up to it and try to pull it or, you know, whatever. So that's one thing I'm trying to stay away from is like making it to where deer just don't even want to walk through it. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want at least have a few trails that can kind of carry through my property uh deer can travel back and forth through and then um i did the, i planted the, you and i planted those pines yesterday um as some screening and we'll see if they come up they're a little bitty um it'll be several years before they <clears throat> do much screening for me or a few years a couple of years at least before they do much screening for me but uh, we'll know probably in a couple months whether they lived or not and then um uh we did a lot or you did a lot of tilling yesterday um because I think I'm going to try to get a little more food on the property. Like you said, we've got the cover on our properties. Um, some more food would be a good thing, especially I don't know. I mean, deer can deer can make a living here mm-hmm. um, all times of the year, pretty much. We talked about how there's been a there's a high stress period for deer in our neck of the woods, um, and probably the whole Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast area of like August, basically, just being so hot, so humid, stuff starts withering and dying. You know, there's, you know, sometimes there's not even wind and it's just 100 degrees and sweltering. So, you know, it's kind of a stress period. Um, but I think that we may have underestimated the January, February stress period a little bit. And maybe that's why, maybe... That, that That is the limiting factor for the carrying capacity of our woods. Maybe the reason we have lower deer densities than maybe we feel like we should mm-hmm. is because of those few months. You know what I mean? Um, so like,
1: Sometimes I feel like our deer aren't very tough either. Yeah, like, thin-skinned, man. Um, the deer around here, if you were to fell a tree in January in Minnesota, I feel like deer are about like beavers. They'll eat the hard wood on that thing like up to a big round as your pinky. Deer around here might nibble the bud, and then they're going to be like, eh. Uh. Yeah. And partially, they're just smaller skeletally, so they might mm-hmm. not be able to chomp that wood. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be the thing. So, I feel like they just don't do as well in the winter because they're pickier or whatever. I mean, a doe, a grown doe around here might be 120 pounds, mm-hmm. you know. I mm-hmm. mean, they get bigger than that, too, but she's liable to be that small mm-hmm. or smaller. I, just,
2: I wonder if, like, <clears throat> you know, I've seen some studies uh, from... I can't even remember, maybe some Mississippi state people where they talked about, I think it was Mississippi state people. Cause they were talking about how there's like three different types of habitat, main habitats in Mississippi where there's a Delta stuff. It's a real prolific and uh, has really good uh, soil com- uh, com- composition. And then you've got like pine areas and then something else. And they were talking about how throughout the study, long story short, they figured out that does were actually sending signals to their offspring and, um, on what the, like, status was outside. So, like, offspring in a certain area were going maybe 30% bigger than offspring in the, another area in the same state, not far away, because of the amount of food there. Well, yeah, well that's so, a pretty
1: interesting thing. I think that was uh, what the, what's the name of that podcast? It's the Mississippi State one, uh, Deer Habitat podcast or something. But um, I think it was, it's it, like, was double generational, too.
0: Yeah. Then, like the first generation
1: we're, didn't, but right. after the second generation, you saw that 30% of size increase because yeah. they were sending a signal to their fetus mm. that, hey, for three or four years, it's been pretty good.
2: Yeah. My whole life, it's been this way or whatever. Yeah. You know, for for the does that were born in that first generation. That's crazy. So, yeah, it is crazy, but it kind of makes me think, like... Maybe the does are sending signals to their offspring uh, in our area that uh, things are just right. We don't uh-huh. need any more of you guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't need a bunch of double doe uh, twins or whatever, double or twins, you know, for uh, per doe. I don't know. I, I'm just making a bunch of hypotheses here. But it just seems like that food could be a... We've seen deer really hammer our corn in the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. So... That being said, I think food would be a good thing for deer. And yeah. walking around, there's really, like, there's stuff in there. There's greenbrier, but, I mean, that stuff has got to be chewy. You know what I mean? Like, it, ain't it ain't the easiest thing. It ain't good for them, yeah. you
1: know? And, oh, and so. uh, I actually did some tilling on your property, and uh, it's pretty cool because I was using Onyx to, uh, like, look at the sizes of the property, right? Mm-hmm. You can use their... It's on their tools, button down there at the bottom, and it's like you can do area shape, mm-hmm. and you can kind of make the size of your food plot or whatever because you and I were talking. And um, really yeah, – You
2: can take like food plots that you know have worked for deer mm-hmm. in the past in wherever and in the same area, say, and you can go, this is how big this is. Mm-hmm. This works. You know, yeah. How can we get close to that with our
1: food plots? Because here? we're not trying to build a kill plot. right Right. we're not doing feed deer yeah like the dump and grow or whatever it's stuff's called we're trying to feed some deer Mm. and really it takes like this is redneck science but it takes like an acre of food to actually make a difference when it comes to feeding deer Mm. you know if you're down at half acre a little less like yeah you're they're eating it but like it's really just an attractant more Mm -hmm. than it is like a food source Mm -hmm. you know so and it depends on what you plant and stuff like that too i think because you can do some pretty high density plantings of some varied mixtures and probably get out a little bit better you know mm-hmm. because you given you can give deer something that kind of mimics Forbes along with like a you know a wheat or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, really have something there for them to eat so uh, we were doing that here and figured that about got you an acre in the ground right now yeah and we might do more than that
2: yeah i mean we have the potential to do it it's just like when you start laying out a property that's not very big mm-hmm. you got to think like well how much how important is this cover to daylight movement on my property and if i get rid of it it's you know 2 years before it comes back mm-hmm. like it like where it's covered again at least you know so yeah. how to you know that's the thing and you've talked about this before with your property It's kind of observing deer and seeing what they do what they want to do on your property i mean i could do a huge overhaul right and work all spring and summer on my property and i might do something that's not good but mm-hmm. if i do a few things that i feel like you know could make a difference in just the deer movement movement bar like just period then you know i can see how that works next year and make some and make moves from there i guess mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of one thing it's like i don't want to do too much but i also don't want to do not enough that it doesn't force them to do something different you know mm-hmm. so i don't know does that's, that's kind of the things that I have been doing is trying to figure out like how much food can I plant and and do I want to plant and KC's, you know <clears throat> been kind to get a tractor over here and help me out on that but you know that's the hardest part of getting everything done really Um
1: hey, equipment but, and know how yeah. is the two, two limited resources around here so, yeah
2: <laughs> so I mean hopefully the know how um, you know it doesn't seem like too hard if you put a bunch of things together blend them up and try to make something come up, you know. I mean, can, we
1: all know that wheat feeds deer pretty good. Yeah. So, we mix wheat with something else and yeah. then it should go pretty well.
2: Yeah. I mean, it I'm not afraid to try a bunch of different stuff together and see what comes up and then from there, you know, mm-hmm. work off of that. So, Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things that's that like I'm trying to that's what I'm working through right now. Or, like is my cover stuff. Like I'm trying to make sure there's daylight movement on this small property, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, last year there was not a lot of daylight movement. It didn't appear on my cameras at least. I didn't spend hardly any time hunting here, but, um, uh, that was because I was not seeing much daylight moving on my cameras. So mm-hmm. how do I make that happen more often? I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's going to be fun to do that planning, uh, yeah. and try to make that happen. I think that's one of the lures of being a, a property owner is a little bit of management here and there and just trying to kind of figure out what works. And, you know, by the time that you're ready to go dust to dust, you might have something figured out. Yeah. <laughs> and your kids can benefit from it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but that's uh, where like all them all them uh, dudes
2: that have been doing it forever since like outdoor T V started, you mm-hmm. know, that's kinda where they're at. Is, like a lot of them are turning into grandpas right now and yeah. getting and, and even getting quite a bit older than just being Except a grandpa. For Bill.
1: He actually looks younger.
2: Yeah, somehow. <laughs> but they all have these farms, you know, and their yeah. their kids and grandkids are gonna get to rip the benefits. But Thing is, once you once you get to grandkids and things start getting, like, split up and stuff, mm-hmm. like, there's always a bunch of them that don't care.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> they are going? Yeah, hopefully at least pass the genome to one of them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of planning, hmm. we've been doing some planning. Tigs. <laughs> Tigs. So, I've <laughs> uh, uh, been doing some tag uh, research here lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some deadlines coming up. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk any state specifics to y'all because y'all some sneakies. <laughs> and we don't want to see you out there while we're trying to hunt Or taking our hunts or nothing But um, No Go Make sure you keep it up with your tag Application stuff Your points In all these states um, Tyler and I are, <clears throat> Tyler And I Tyre Her uh, <laughs> Are real fired up about elk this year yep. So much so we that didn't I'm yawning We didn't go last year So this year I think we're going to try to make Elk happen one way or another um, And We want to talk to y'all a little bit about something here Okay uh Listen, we, have,
2: baby. we have lived
1: poor for so long in our lives and not that we are just wealthy now by any means however uh we are trying to do this thing full-time right and within that there You're are doing business dude. yeah we are come on now uh, don't oh sell yeah. the short oh yeah uh, <laughs> there are business expenses that come along with said thing right so uh there's a couple things that we want to run by, y'all, see what y'all think about it. How many of y'all are open to leasing ground, to, and that being one of the ways that you have whitetail access? Because we've talked about not, you know, just we're going to have public land routes because this is the way we do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> we have talked about maybe leasing a little ground, you know, kind of on a cheap here around uh, the eastern half of Texas, that uh, we can hunt and also have friends and family out on and stuff like that too because honestly if i was trying to get into hunting and i had to go hunt some east texas public to be the way i got into hunting i'd be getting out of hunting pretty quick too yeah so it'd be a great way to nurture some relationships and and help introduce some people
2: i also like the fact that there's more opportunity for us to try some potentially some of the like land management type stuff like i get to plant plant two food plots today this year on my property or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then maybe one or two with you. And it's like you could try something completely different on that property if you had the rights to do a little plant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you may learn something there that you can use on your property. But just that experience, man, is kind of what I crave anyway, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think uh, there's there's that. And also, like, um, we aren't... We're going to try to draw some tags for elk, but we really want to go elk hunting. And I'm just going to give you all a just uh, something that you just take this what you want. I think elk hunting going to be a lot different in 20 years than what we know of it as right now. I think it's going to be something that you, that any person only gets to do every four or five years just because it's getting so popular. And, and we're probably partially to blame for that, but that's just the way things go sometimes. I don't know. I ain't got a lot to say about that. But um, I think that – it's feasible for most working individuals to want to spend a little money to get to go on a hunt like that from time to time. We might, we might do a little something like that. Um, just not like a guided deal or whatever, but you know, just try to get a tag somewhere that way we can go hunting. So, uh, y'all let us know what Trespass you- fees yeah. is cool. People call it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. If you're, you know, um, I don't know that, whatever that weird K word is that they use, uh, for rhinos, uh, that's what, that's what they like to use is trespass <laughs> fee. Um, but <clears throat> you know, like we said, we're not wealthy by any means, but like it would be nice to go hunt elk and do that from time to time. Yeah. Because honestly, I don't like spending a lot of money to go chase other guys around on OTC. Yeah. And that's what you end up doing. I
2: think man, I think honestly, I think um I know this is a tough deal for you. It's not quite as tough for me and but like I think there's a lot of dudes willing to spend money on things like that yeah and And that's
1: kind of why i wanted to ask
2: yeah i think there's a lot of dudes out there man that like understand that and want to do it and i know like like i said that's something that mentally you have struggled with is like man like you know should we be spending money on this not we but like should i be spending money to go do a hunt because and sometimes you know for a guy who cares about his family and everything else it can seem irresponsible Mm -hmm. but um like you said, kind of earlier, you've talked about a couple in a couple of different ways. Like you can spend X amount of money and go out there and potentially have a really bad experience or not good, not super fun experience, right? Mm-hmm. And you still spent some money and time. Mm-hmm. Or you can go out and spend the same amount of time, spend like maybe twice as twice as much, three, four times as much, whatever, and have a crazy awesome hunt not see people see wildlife like mm-hmm. it behaves when there's become not a better men. hunter become a better hunter you know like and then just get that man just get experience also potentially bring back some really awesome meat with elk and stuff and i think True. there's a lot of dudes that see I those values
1: eating elk so bad <clears throat> 2018 right it's the last time that we yeah. had an elk golly we
2: used to just sit around the rv all the time eating elk i know dude <laughs> every, every meal those were good days, man. Golly, we sure We nothing to do. The
1: element was fueled on the elk meat back that's then. That's right, <laughs> and we didn't
2: do nothing good. <laughs> Everything we did was terrible. Oh, I don't know man. why y'all are still uh, hanging out listening to funny. us. That's yeah. funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, like I so, said, I don't think it's a big deal. You know, so some of you guys may know Chris Webb, who is uh, who's a part of the element and has uh, – you saw him in South Dakota this year and, uh, and his, in Texas. He shot right, a buck yeah. in Texas. So if you haven't seen that, it's a really cool video. He shot a really awesome buck. Uh, first buck with a bow, right? Yeah. And then he was hunting some in South Dakota. You'll see him. He actually, uh, missed a deer in South Dakota. Unfortunately, um, he was juiced up though. Yeah, and that uh, would have been too he probably will listen to this. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out there. Cause I love him. Uh, we called it, the, the episode was called Christmas for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to say that, Chris, so sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Chris, I was talking to him about some of that stuff the other day, and dude, he's like, you know, he's he loves what we do. He has loved what we do since he found us and before we ever knew each other, mm-hmm. and um, he he's you know, doesn't spend a ton of time hunting public and, like, is all about going and shooting elk if it costs some money and whatever yeah, else. Man. So, it's just, you know, Honestly, it's
1: hunting public is hard, is hard enough. Yeah. Like, you go buy a landowner tag somewhere, if you're not on the private ranch, like, you're still competing against all the people that oh, are on yeah. that unit. For sure. And I hate the idea of competing, but it really is. Like, yeah. you're just, you're competing for, for the resource. That's right, yeah. You're not competing against them. Yeah. But, um, you know, so it's not, it's not like... It's a canned hunt or anything like that. Well, dude, I mean,
2: not everybody's Randy Newberg and has been putting in for 30 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm not saying anything. I've sat right beside Randy and ate dinner before, so Mm. I'm not saying anything bad. Y'all don't go be telling him stuff. (laughs) We ain't talking about him. I think it's awesome that he got to do that. But not everybody is that age, right, and has... Uh, had the foresight to start putting in and the you know, funds and whatever else it was to mm-hmm. start putting in when the everything opened you know and uh as far as i know randy is drawing these tags you know so
1: hey, he did say one time he bought a land on her yeah i mean i'm sure he has and, before and he's upfront about it uh that's right and i mean not that even has to be right no You're public land it is that's, it i is. mean it's
2: it is what it is man yeah so i mean it's uh it's kind of like you could spend twelve hundred bucks on a new bow, or you could spend four hundred bucks on a four-year-old bow, or yeah. whatever, or however right. old you know. So like, um, not everybody wants to spend the same amount, but everybody yeah. has an you know opportunity, what? right? I
1: quit snuff so that I could buy a landowner tag one time. There you go. I was having quit snuff seven years ago. Yeah, and Still so now I've accumulated enough money to <laughs> <of> money to, <laughs> to make up for it, right? You so, know, at seven dollars
2: a can, I guess you actually have made. Let enough me tell money.
1: you what you. I did. I have. Yeah, just. It's been absorbed, been um, <laughs> <laughs> absorbed by your wife, who, That's we, right.
2: who we were talking about and in the beginning of this episode. Why? children. yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> perfect. Ugh. But uh, yeah, um, y'all <clears throat> understand right now that elk hunting is not going to be, in my opinion, the way it is now. You will not be able to go to these states and just go elk hunting. Want an OTC tag, over the counter? Talk about that making you want to cry. Yeah, it makes you want to cry. But it is what it is, and at the same time. Do you want to go over the county? Not no? anymore, no? but, I mean, you killed two bulls, o- OTC. Yeah, it was a different world. A couple years back, that's right. That's it's before insane pre-COVID. Amount. Yeah, and yeah. pre-COVID and pre... Here's something that's not talked about enough that I'm going to put out there for the world to hear. Thank you, I man. Don't these, get us censored. These states start taking certain units out of over the counter and putting them into draw only, which is fine. They, I guess, have the prerogative to do that. But what happens is you don't have the same number of guys in the leftover over-the-counter units that you would have. You have all those people that used to hunt those other units over-the-counter who still aren't putting in for mm-hmm. the draw, and they just pile into these other over-the-counter units. And what it's doing is killing over-the-counter elk hunting death by a thousand cuts. Right, because, because
2: now those units are terrible, and yeah. people are overcrowded. And the states and-
1: are gonna, they're gonna like you know, champion for this whole like, oh, we actually need to manage these units better. It's like, well, actually, if you just would give people more opportunity to hunt, manage a, a, a certain amount of units in the state for, I can go on and, on and on. Yeah. But pretty much you, they're making the hunting in some of these units worse on purpose. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, that's a, um, and you know what? If you want to get real conspiracy theory on it, <laughs> that's a conspiracy here's theory. what I have to say. <laughs> for sure. Anti-hunting groups hate hunting, but they hate lots of animals dying a lot more than they do a few animals. So I think... You
2: wouldn't say people who support parks would be anti-hunting, would you?
1: I don't know what they support. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I would say that having parks and wildlife within the same umbrella in a state department is a terrible, terrible choice. Uh, And I would also say that there are a few units in some states that they only give out... Three or four tags for, and those are really, really good, good hunts. And you think that anti-hunting groups, anti-hunting entities are not smart enough to realize like, oh, you know what? If we could just facade this as like trophy management and make it to where nobody wants to hunt these things except a few elites, then for the most part, it's a net win for us because instead of... They killed hunting in 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Western hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Could be a deal. <laughs> Welcome to y'all uh,
1: <laughs> positive so, outlook.
2: <laughs> so uh, y'all just go home and just sit in a dark corner yeah. by yourself. Kiss
1: your wife tonight. Because, eat a bunch you of know. milk chocolate. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so you ain't no longer have to be in elk shape ever again. That's right. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, one thing that you and I talked about that could be a good way to solve that, um, the like point creep stuff. I don't know. This is a thought. If you mm-hmm. have any thoughts on this, send us an email or uh message or something. Let us know what you think about this. Mm-hmm. You talked about this, I thought it was a great point. Um the way to kind of get around some of this point creep is to create more seasons slash, depending on habitat, obviously, more units. Mm-hmm. And so like <clears throat> what you see in some states that we've been kind of researching this stuff is like short seasons that are like two weeks. And Instead of, like, month-long season. Like, Colorado's a month, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to hunt archery and you draw or you go to sea or whatever, you got mm-hmm. the whole month of September, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you split that into, like, New Mexico does where it's season archery one, archery two, or early archery, late archery, mm-hmm. and you've got the first two weeks of September and the second two weeks of September as different seasons, suddenly you have made you've given twice as many tags out pretty mm-hmm. much, right? So you start to eliminate that creep and maybe even work backwards if you can do it right.
1: Yeah, and within that, the, the, the issue you're going to have is like, well, that's still twice as many hunters, so there's more take. If you make the season short enough, you're giving access opportunity, but not giving people Less enough time.
2: Yep. Yeah, so yeah. the
1: success rates might be lower per hunter, and you have to decide, um, you know, is there any grease in your biscuits or not? Yeah. Like, do you feel like you're the guy who can still go in there and kill a, an elk or not? Right. You know?
0: Like.
2: And, it, and it's, there's no, like, this all isn't sounding great, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's all has something that's wrong, you yeah. know? But like, here's the, here's the thing, guys, is like, this is, uh, <clears throat> we have
1: a It's limited, like this, man.
2: It's like this. <laughs> we have a limited number of resources on this earth, right? Yep. Um, as the human population grows, there's going to be more hunters in the field period until it's gone right Uh until hunting is not a thing anymore if that ever happens um and so and then also there's less uh habitat because the human population is building like crazy and so you know the i'm not saying this to say like to doomsay everything but like that's a good reason for us to be involved some way in conservation and we talked about this earlier on our phone call that i kind of glazed Mm. over on a couple times this is uh this is a good way like you can spend your 30 bucks with a conservation org, or you can go to your ducks unlimited banquet and you can buy raffle tickets but if you really want to do something to create habitat for more more population of elk or whatever Mm -hmm. there there's different ways to do it than than to you know go to du and try to win a gun and i think that um getting your hands on some of this property is one way to do it, you know, um, to positively affect, I mean, pure and simple littering is hurting like the small things in this world, Mm -hmm. the small animals that feed the big animals. You know what
1: I mean? Microplastics are a real big uh, conspiracy theory thing. You know, people talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. I hadn't researched that enough yet. I don't want to be mad. Okay. (laughs) You know, but yeah, I mean, as silly as it sounds, I think that's a great point. Not that you sound silly, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah Small things yep. make a big difference. Like, don't you don't have to post it on Instagram either. You can just go out yeah. and pick stuff up. You don't right. have to be like, Today, the <laughs> three-letter <laughs> chapter. <laughs> chapter of this organization, <laughs> we're going to go out and have a public lands day where we're going to pick up all this trash. Look at these four bags of trash we all got. Now yeah. let's go get a beer at Pike Night. You know, like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't.
2: You don't, man. Uh, but... Um, you know, if it helps a bit helps mad your, today, dude. Dick yeah, going. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. If you if you get your, you know, if you get if you have a group of guys locally that that fires up to do, then do it. But, yeah. you know what I mean, like if you can do this you can do this without, like you said, without making any big deal of it. And there are just there are ways, man, and and I mean, like coming to top of my mind, I, that's that's one of them right now. There's other ways, but I just think that like I was, I was out in my pasture, and I'm not trying to, like, uh, fluff myself up here, but I was out in my pasture yesterday planting pine trees, and there was, like, LBBs flying up everywhere out mm-hmm. there because I got four-foot tall blue stem that's thicker than
1: and this the, the previous world. owner turned it into a lunar surface with cows. Yeah, right. that's so, right. Like-
2: so the cows served a purpose in fertilizing this and making for good habitat, but it was never going to be that mm-hmm. unless somebody with the same general intentions as me mm-hmm was going to buy this property and you just can't hardly afford to buy a property and not either develop it, uh, for some co- sort of commercial or residential property or, uh, put cows on it right now yep. and putting cows on it, frankly, is not going to pay the bills right now. Um, b- with the way the land pres- prices are, you're oh, not yeah. going to pay the mortgage. So, you know, that, that's the thing is like, you've got either lunar surface, coastal Bermuda stuff <laughs> right here, or you've got how, uh, subdivisions going in. Yeah. And, So it is, I mean, luckily, uh, I bought before it got really crazy prices, but you know, it gave me the opportunity and I'm still like, I mean, if I was running cows on this thing right now, like I would be, I would be not sweating bullets every month, uh, paying the mortgage, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, but I just have decided that I'd rather have some close calls in the bank account for a little while, at least till I feel Mm -hmm. like I really can't afford it, then, uh, and see wildlife and stuff then let it be, yep. you know, lunar surface cattle country. So there are things you can do, guys. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm not saying if you run cows on your property, you're bad because, you know, the only person that does that is Cody Brown. That's bad. So, uh, But there 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 are things we can do, guys, and I think that just being inter, uh, like proactive and uh, mm-hmm. taking a little bit of, uh, you know, initiative to do something like that is – is it goes goes a long way. So, like I said, the the tags thing is, you know, not to we're not trying to like scare nobody or make anybody sad, but it is what it is. So let's try to make it better, you know. That's right, and man. Um, with that, you know, like another thing we've been looking forward to is deer a lot in the in the next uh, fall. So we've been thinking about that a lot. And there's mm-hmm. uh, some states you got to apply for, um, like Iowa, which is you have stand a standard, decent chance of drawing this year. Mm-hmm um, uh, that we're excited about. And then there's some that are over the counter that we're uh, looking at too. And in, all this plays in like our schedule this next year is going to be ridiculous, you know, and it's kind of fun. It's really fun. Except for that. Now we're at, we've been literally talking about it for four weeks straight. Dude, I feel like.
1: And it's a long way off still. And I'm like, let's just get to it. Yeah. I'm tired. Of this let's go hunting. stuff.
2: I really so, am excited about fishing to be honest, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. This
1: fishing stuff. Um, in case y'all didn't know, my wife's expecting, so uh, pretty excited about that, um, but it's going to make uh, Expecting August. you to make money this That's year. That's right. August <laughs> is going to be kind of weird, uh, because um, our due date's August 18th, so I can't I do a ton it's a of... It's Yeah, it is our dad for sure. <laughs> Hers, at least. Um, but um, we, uh, I can't do a ton of traveling, probably late July on, and then I'm really hoping this kid comes a little early. Not too early. Yeah. Right, but like if it was like August first or something, that'd be real cool. Primo, yeah, because yeah. then we don't have too much of an issue leaving the second half of September. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of hard, though. You know, I'm you know this stuff real good, but like you know, leaving a little bitty kids kind of weird. Yeah, Um leaving my kid anytime's kind of weird. But anyways, we I were was going touring
2: on, when mine were born. <laughs>
1: yeah, my, Dude, uh, we can't imagine yeah
2: it's and i don't know
1: they still kaylee, like you now so apparently yeah, it's not that big of a deal they don't remember <laughs> that's uh, right
2: kaylee kaylee always says well
1: there ain't nothing you can do anyway so you know <laughs> oh uh, she needs to hang out with my wife more i'm very excited they're going to national wild turkey federation together this year <laughs>
2: <laughs> y'all go hang out over there we'll hang out over that's here. right
1: y'all talk all about that stuff that uh, <laughs> can help my wife with that uh, but, no um So uh, I am looking forward to doing a lot of fishing this spring Mm -hmm. uh, and then rocking and rolling this fall because it's going to be so sweet. I can't wait to let y'all in on a little bit of what what we got going on this fall. There's some things that we just, guys, we just have to hold off on for right now, but just Mm -hmm. know... It's gonna be real cool. It's and gonna we're, be cool. real excited. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, remember to get out there, do your small part for conservation. You know what? Maybe that's not dollars. Maybe that's getting your kids out there and showing them that, you know, we own one hundred twenty foot of road footage, frontage, and it's gonna be the prettiest bit of road frontage that we got on this county road. There's gonna be no trash there, mm-hmm. and uh, then show them that you can also stand on the side of the ditch and when people throw stuff out you can pepper them a little bit with 410 <laughs> but <laughs> outside of yeah. that because uh, don't thought, hit
2: that beautiful cardinal that you <laughs> I thought
1: about that that gummit dude I'm tired of these people throwing we're trying to wrap this up oh. but uh, there'll be a rapper from a fast food place that they ain't a location for like a 100 miles it's like <laughs> where are y'all coming up with a, you know a QT rapper I thought you whatever. were
2: talking about like a musician rapper no <laughs>
1: This hot haunted <laughs> magicians. Uh, but, uh, uh, no, anyways, I don't mean to rant. Uh, no, that's good. I hey,
2: real quick, we also have some postseason videos, uh, postseason scouting videos mm-hmm. that a few of y'all seem to have appreciated. So uh, we're going to try to maybe put a couple more of those out, too. So if you're interested in that, be looking forward to a couple more of those. And if you haven't seen them and you're interested in knowing everything we know about scrapes, or rubs, or truck scouting or whatever, then check those out as well um but yeah back to your uh, cardinal
1: ditch that's it remember to do that remember to check out the youtube channel and remember this is your element live it
0: Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect
1: the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's
0: M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.